Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. I would love that meeting. Hey, Danny, we're pursuing Shohei Otani right now. Whatever money we have left is then going to go to Boba Shett. And then whatever money is left after that is going to go to Vladdy. But any money after that, you and Kevin Biggio are going to need to mud wrestle over it. <laughs> so I am back in Calgary, back in home territory, if you will. I finally was able to get, so I've got a t-shirt here that I have to show you. And I'll tell you the backstory on it. Okay. So this is. Hey, all right. Nice. Nice. So analytics versus everybody with the uh-huh. Blue Jays emblem. Right after the Jose Barrios poll, the next day I put screw shirts that say everybody, Toronto versus everybody. I want a shirt that says <laughs> analytics versus everybody with a Jays emblem on it. Meg from Twitter then took this Amazing. little quip. This little joke, uh, she's living in New York, but a big Jays fan, and got the shirt made and sent it to me. That's so, amazing. Meg, thank you so much. If you're not following at Meg's on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to call it, you should. She is a gem, and she is the reason why this has come to life. I love that so much. That's awesome. So this is the mailbag, Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. We're even actually releasing this on a Tuesday afternoon, which is, uh, it's been a little bumpy for scheduling as I've been on the road the last couple of weeks, but I'm back home. So we should be able to settle back into our regular scheduled programming. Just a quick heads up, everybody. I did sit down with Alan Rodon. Uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays just yesterday. This is available on Patreon as we speak. Should be released next week sometime. Number four prospect in the Blue Jays system. Outfielder, 23-year-old, projects really well and is actually considered one of the shots to make the team out of spring training as a fourth outfielder for this Toronto Blue Jays team if there is going to be an internal option. So very cool. Uh, really interesting kid, really well-spoken. Academics is one thing that he took incredibly seriously, which is very cool as well. So yeah, Alan Rodon, we're going to release that interview sometime in the next week. If you can't wait, well, four bucks a month will get you instant access to all of our interviews. Speaking of interviews, we also are going to sit down with friend of the show, Ben Nicholson-Smith is coming back next week. On Tuesday, he's going to be sitting down with us. So we'll be able to, uh, of course, Blue Jays insider, Sportsnet analyst, we'll be able to sit down with him and pick his brain on some of these rumors that we're hearing uh, constantly coming up as it is slow season. So folks love to make shit up, eh, buddy? (laughs) (sighs) You know, got to talk about something. Got to talk about something. You can reach out to us at Podcast on Twitter. The Walk Off Podcast on Instagram. You can always shoot us a message um, in Discord. That is now a Patreon exclusive. And Patreon, if you want your question answered, you get that Patreon bump and it is automatically answered. All right. That's all the housekeeping. Let's get into um, it. 
Let's just also quickly mention we have episode three of our super secret project with Hey Kami on Patreon. Yeah. Coming today. Yeah. So as soon as we're off here for the mailbag, we're going to be recording that. Um, so that is uh, available to our Patreon as well. So we are. That's fun. Uh, speaking of Patreon, we do have a couple new members. Just wish to say hello to Janny Brown, who joined and daryl m so welcome patreon continues to grow very cool we're cool um i think what we're gonna yeah i'll get into that after i'll talk to you with that <laughs> okay off, off of youtube <laughs> and we'll, we'll sort out the details um uh, yeah okay let's get into it uh mustard tiger in discord through patreon says uh this is just because there's nothing happening right and we need something to talk about right right and then yeah, sends the right. John Morosi screenshot of uh, how do you say this? Boba rumor trades. Mm-hmm. So the tweet is update on a Boba trade scenario per at Matt Kotze. Here's a point to ponder. How would a Boba to Cubs trade impact the way Otani views both of these potential suitors? So and Matt Kotze, of course, quoting Kay Fids, who's got an unspecified source. So rumors are swirling, Scott. Um, let's yeah, start Bobochet, Bobochet would be into playing third base. That's that's the Cubs' big move here is they're going to get Bobochet and move him to third. Yeah, I mean, Mustard Tiger kind of nailed it. I, I love the way he framed it, too. This is because it's slow, right? Right? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Panic. A little bit of panic. Right? Right. Could this happen? So this is where I'm at on it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense from a Toronto Blue Jays standpoint. Now listen, obviously, if you are the fan base of the Los Angeles Dodgers, if you're the fan base of the Chicago Cubs, and you're looking around to fill your shortstop hole, you're looking around to fill your third base hole, of course you want to dream big and take a look into the American League and go, hey, Bo Bichette only has two years left on his contract. He's one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. He's only 25 years old. Maybe we can get him, mm-hmm. sign him to a long-term contract. Yeah, if I was cheering for those teams too, that's exactly what I would be after the front office to do. Yes, go poach Bo Bichette from the Blue Jays. But let's break this down for a second. The Toronto Blue Jays just put half a billion dollars into upgrading the Rogers Center. They are now selling corporate seats at corporate pricing. They are turning the Toronto Blue Jays into the Toronto Maple Leafs, which means it is all corporate funding when it comes to the live games. It's becoming more and more expensive for everyday people to be there. And for them to justify this, do you think they're going to trade Bo Bichette? Like, listen, I'm not saying that Shapiro and Atkins wouldn't listen on a trade if a mega offer comes their way obviously it is you got to do your due diligence Mm -hmm. you need to take these offers and comb through them but to trade boba for anything other than almost equivalent value plus doesn't make any sense there are two full years left on his contract or under control i should say arbitration years 
Last year, Bo Bichette ranked as one of the worst defensive shortstops in all of baseball in 2022. He went from a negative 16 defensive run saved in 2022 to plus five in 2023. His ground balls converted to outs per year. He ranked 33rd and 30th in 2019 and 2020. In 2021, he ranked 28th. Same goes for 2022. He ranked 14th in 2023. Bo has turned himself into an average Major League Baseball shortstop who rakes. Hit over 300. He hits for power. He hits for just uh, doubles. Look at his doubles. He's hitting them all over the field. This is one of the premier shortstops in baseball. For a team that considers themselves in contention. And I'm trying not to be biased. I really am trying to take the fact that I'm a huge Blue Jays fan and set it aside and just look at the big picture. But I can't see how this benefits Toronto in any way, moving him to the Dodgers, moving him to the Cubs. And I mean, Morosi's out there talking about, well, will Shohei be upset with Chicago or Toronto if they're moving some of their major pieces? I, I mean, forget about Shohei for a minute. Trading Boba Shett makes this team worse. Even if you get top-end prospects, Adam, the truth is these prospects' likelihood of becoming as good as Boba Shett is is almost nil. So what are we doing here? Yeah, um, okay. I'm not – I just want to start by saying like I agree with basically everything you said. Um, semicolon, however, comma, I was looking at what could the Blue Jays be interested in, in a return, right? What do the Cubs have to give us? Why would we even entertain trading Boba Shett? I mean, first thing that comes to mind is Look, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro know yes. to a level we can't even pretend to imagine how far apart this is the asterisk. And this is the asterisk. And I love that we're getting to this. Yes. We don't know. We don't know. He could have right out. Like, Adam, what if he, he came out? He could have said, look, I, I'm, like, not I'm not signing, signing with you right. guys. Yeah. Right. I don't like it here. I'm going to be a professional about it. And I'm going to play out my time. But I'm gone at the end of this. Or. He just values himself in the 300 million range. And they're like, eh, we could do 225, 250. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're kidding each other. Let's not even waste yeah. our cell phone minutes on these conversations anymore. If that's what's happening, then yeah. Like, I mean, we, we spent the last, oh, last two seasons, I suppose. Going over, you know, is it in the the Angels' best interest to sh to trade Shohei Otani rather than let him walk in free agency, right? Or mm -hmm. the Nationals with Juan Soto, and now the Padres with Juan Soto, right? Is like a conditional draft pick letting Bobachet leave in free agency. That's not. That's gonna feel like like crystal ball. Look ahead. Two off seasons from now, it's November 
22nd, 2025, and we're just reading headlines, Bo Bichette has signed a deal with the Dodgers, blah, blah, blah. And we get yeah. a second-round draft pick compensated. Um, yeah. How yeah. how furious would you be if we just let him go for nothing and got nothing in return? Be devastated. Oh, like the the best player in Blue Jays franchise history, and we got nothing for him. Yeah, worst case scenario, absolutely It'd be horrible. So that um, is a good point because there is aspects to this idea that we aren't aware of, and that basically is where is Bobuchet with this front office? How is he feeling about Toronto? Can he see himself being there long term? Is this something that he has already come out and vocalized to Atkins? I'm not signing. And if that's the case, this makes far more sense. So let's go back to what you were saying. What on the Cubs does interest you, Adam? Um, it's got to be Nico Horner's got to be involved, right? Sure. Um, I'm looking at three high end prospects on the Cubs that I want in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want all of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with Christopher Morrell, who played third base for the Cubs yeah. this year. Um, the batting average is unimpressive, 247, uh, but he slugged 508 and had an OPS of 821. He hit 26 home runs for the Cubs this year in 107 games. That's a 40 home run pace. Yes. That'll do. Uh, he's 24 years old. Uh, defensively, not great. Uh, a gold glove winner, but I mean, if you're getting 40 home runs out of third base, I mean, that's the anti-Chapman. So I think we've all yeah. we've all uh, showed our hand as to what we'd prefer out of third base. I think. Um, so I'm going to start with Christopher Morel. I want needs to be in that list. Um, these aren't all like the sexiest of sexy names. Um, Matt Shaw is the top shortstop prospect for the Cubs. Um, I think if we're getting rid of a shortstop, I want their best upcoming shortstop. He's in double A right now. Um, His scouting grade looks like this. His hit, 55, power, 55, run, 55, arm, 45, field, 50, overall, 55. These are very similar uh, grades to what Boba Shett had as a prospect. And for anybody that, thinks 50s and 55 sounds low it is out of 80 is a perfect score yeah uh which is dumb by the way um so 40s above average is how they view it then yeah so good hitter baseball buddy (laughs) weak arm probably probably going to be a second baseman but we've been saying that about boba shet for seven years so yeah who knows give me that guy as a throw in um and then a Canadian kid, Owen uh, Owen Casey. Okay. Um, he is double A as well, outfielder. His scouting grades look like this: hit forty five, power sixty five, run forty five, arm fifty five, field forty five, overall fifty five. He is the number three prospect. Um, he was drafted forty fifth overall to the Padres in twenty twenty. The kid's got really good raw power. Um, those are the three that I'm starting with. And then, yeah, probably Nico Horner as well. 
Yeah. Um, it still is going to feel like lopsided because an underwhelming the best haul. player. It, it's because whenever a team gets the best player, it that's normally the team works that wins. out as to that's the team that wins. It, it's just unfortunate. That's how it goes. I mean, we watched the same thing happen with Matt Chapman with the Blue Jays and the A's. I mean, you can spin that trade however you'd like, and you can be as disappointed at Matt Chapman as you want for 2023. But I mean, take a look at what the Blue Jays gave up to get him. And it's still big win for the Jays. Yeah. Nothing against um, friend of the show, Zach Logue or Kirby Sneed. You know, like these were low-level prospects with the Blue yeah. Jays, basically. Yeah, it's... Uh... Gunnar Hoagland still, I mean, he was recovering from Tommy John when they moved him. But I think he's still sitting in double A right now. Yeah, Might even be high A. Anyways, it so, was a yeah, good trade for the Jays. For me, a Bobachet trade to anywhere is going to be so disappointing. Yeah. But it is. Uh, it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of upset fans no matter what. Um, and they're not going to like me reassuring them that it is better than losing him in free agency. But. Oh, I mean. Best case scenario, if we're Jeffrey Winger rolling the dice right now, mm-hmm. best timeline, we sign Boba Shett, it's great, right? Yes. Darkest timeline, he walks in free agency two years from now without a World Series. And Vladdy, and Vladdy gets a blue streak in his hair. <laughs> yes, and John Schneider grows a goatee. That's right. Um, if anyone watching isn't a community fan, you're going to have to just ignore all of these references and move on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to feel like, ugh. I can't see a package from the Cubs or the Dodgers. Not that I've looked too hard at the Dodgers, but just because those are two teams that have been thrown about. I can't see a package where I go, I, where I feel good about it. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunately yeah. the way it goes when you lose your franchise player, which is what Bobachet has become for this Toronto Blue Jays organization. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to go through a Baltimore Orioles level of like, oh, they have the first overall pick for the last mm-hmm. seven years, and they're all like raking in AAA. Give me four mm-hmm. of those guys. You know, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow if the Jays end up do uh, trading Boba Shett. And I, I hate even thinking of that. I don't think that this is, how you say, where there's smoke, there's fire, I suppose. But I don't think that's what this is. I think this is more talk and there might be more wishful thinking happening. from other fans. And I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. In fact, I would say there's probably a 5% chance that Bobachek gets moved this offseason. Sure. And then it, the truth is, this front office is going to wait until next offseason to figure out what's going on. Because by next offseason, they can make legitimate push to sign Bo mm-hmm. and see where he is temperature wise on the idea. And if he's, the, I, I mean, you never see a team move a guy and then go and, and re-up on him the next year but there's always that option too right like just because uh mm-hmm. they go out and get assets in return for their franchise shortstop 
doesn't mean that in one year they can't also be bidding on him in free agency if he's made it very clear he is determined to hit the open market, which is for a guy of both. Bouchette's ilk, right? A dude who really is a top five shortstop. And I know there might be people listening to this that are like, he's not a top five shortstop. He's the sixth best. However, you <laughs> rank him. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, Scott. He's a top shortstop in baseball, and those just aren't cheap. All right. Um, if nothing else, Get ready for a bunch of Boba Shet thumbnails coming in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you won't believe what I can send. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to use words like scary and terrifying and stuff yes. like this. Hopefully so. you put it in all capital letters, though, Adam. Very Always. important. Yes. Always. Um, okay. Uh, Wyatt. On Patreon says, last mailbag, you guys talked about the Jays wanting to do, quote, something big, and that you hoped the something big was not just re-signing Matt Chapman. Does something big uh, to you refer to a big free agent signing like Josh Hader, a Juan Soto, or Nolan Arenado trade, or maybe a three-team trade? What's your guys' definition of something big? So, Marcus, yes. To all of those things, any of those would qualify as a big move. I think when the Jays say they want to do something, quote, unquote, big. They're talking about trade Boba Shat, right? <laughs> that's right. For prospects. Uh, Cash consideration. You take a look at this team and you identify who their core is. And right now their core is Boba Shat. Vlad Guerrero most likely is in there. Uh I don't know if you really hang your hat on anyone else outside of the pitching staff. So maybe what something big would be is adding to that core, right? A guy that you build around. Hold on. Just while we're on the topic of core. Dalton Varsho. I would say core. De facto. Yes. And, And that's, you need to put an asterisk to it because his numbers aren't, uh, they're obviously building around him and he's got term. He's with this team for three more years. He is an incredible center fielder. They're obviously going to push to have him in center to maximize his value. Does he have potential to increase his offensive output? I think he does. Even if you look at his 2022 numbers and he bounces back to that, it's going to be an improvement. But is he a guy that you build around? Is he a a, a franchise type player? I wouldn't really say so. So, um yeah, he's with the like he's going to be a member of this team for the next three years. By the way, de facto core, all I can think about is how that is a great name for like a nineties action movie starring Bruce Willis. Or a nineties grunge band. Oh, even better, yeah. De facto, de facto core. core. <laughs> all right, we're off the rails here. Perfect. Yeah. It took us twenty two minutes to get off the rails, it, but we did it. It's a new record. Yeah. yeah. Um all right, yeah, something big. Um, a three-team trade, I don't think, is one of those things that just happens. Mm-hmm. Like, they're almost when like you see a, When you see three-team trades, it's almost always one team is getting almost all the prospects, 
and then two of the someone teams else are getting pay, yeah pay exactly so someone's giving away major league ready talent and they're like we're rebuilding right. give us your we, prospects right we, so. we can't afford uh we don't have enough prospects for juan soto ourselves but if we trade Kevin Biggio to the Astros, yeah. we can get a couple more prospects that we can exactly. sweeten the Juan Soto deal on. But yes, yeah, so that's a great point. Um, so a three-team trade, I wouldn't necessarily put in the that's a big move. Like if we were just a part of it, I'd be like kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, it um, still depends on who's coming back. Obviously. No, if it's a four-team trade, I'm still underwhelmed. Um, but something big like Josh Hader. Now you're tickling my eyebrows. Uh, yes. How would you feel about Josh Hader and bumping Jordan Romano? Or would it be a competition I mean, for the closer role? You know what? I am not opposed to Josh Hader, but here's the thing. If you go with a dude like Hader, you're bolstering an area of strength. And I'm not saying that's not necessarily the way to go, because if you look at the open market and where the best value is, they may actually have more value in a scenario where you move a Kikuchi you bring in a, a lower end starter because that's the one thing about this free agent market in 2023, the pitching market is far deeper than the position player market, which frick Adam, when was the last time that happened? Like it's pitchers are always at a premium. And the thing is, if you look at a, a Yusei Kikuchi and his numbers from 2023 and the huge year he had career year. And the fact that the blue Jays and his three um, year contract front loaded it. Right. So it was 16 million year one, 10 million the next two. You say Kikuchi is a legitimate number three starter in almost any rotation in baseball, and he's making $10 million. Do you know the value that has for a team of, let's say, a Cincinnati Red size market? A, you know, some of these, some of these teams, Milwaukee is a team, you know, some of these teams that are a smaller market that still looks is looking to be competitive. So start looking at the NL Central. Look at the AL Central. Some of these teams might be a really good fit for a Yusei Kikuchi where they're moving a position player to get him. And then the Jays can bolster their starting rotation or their bullpen through free agency. So Josh Hader, I mean, redundant, but I mean, yeah, please. (laughs) How about this? We signed Josh Hader which then allows us to trade the Markham Madman, Jordan Romano, Ooh. with Yusei Kikuchi and Espinal plus prospect or two, Juan Soto. Padres need a closer if they're losing Josh Hader. They need cheap yeah. pitching if they're shedding salary. True. All right. Um... I really don't like speculating on potential trades. I much prefer yeah, reacting to things anything. that actually yeah. happened. If I wanted fantasy, I play Dungeons and Dragons, so which I do, and that's enough for me. <laughs> All right. Um, next one from Marcus G on Patreon. In the interest of four casuals by casuals here's a soft toss for the mailbag while you're not low on davis schneider viewing him as an mlb player albeit a utility one you're significantly higher on damiano parmigiani uh that's not his name but it is hilarious 
uh, as a future everyday player. However, both seem fungible to my eyes. Good on-base skills with pop, multiple defensive positions, succeeded at all levels of the minors. So what gives and how you're projecting these two guys so differently? Also, both were low-drafted, unhyped prospects. Great question. Very good question. And there is something to be said for these lower-ranked prospects who have all these obstacles to overcome in the minor leagues to get to the big leagues. And that was one thing that David Schneider had dealt with on multiple levels throughout his minor league career. I know we've had him on the show three or four times now, and he has gone over his stories. The fact that in 2021, he was sitting, he was riding the bench in Vancouver. He was on the verge of quitting. He was getting one to two games a week under his belt, right? So there is something to be said for that kind of mental toughness that it takes to overcome that sort of um, gut punch, right? Like it's just Mm -hmm. so devastating when you need to deal with the fact that you're just not on the radar. You're not where you want to be. I don't know if I project Davis Schneider lower than Damiano Parmigiani. I'm trying to temper my expectations is the true honesty here. Listen, Davis Schneider had one of the most exciting starts in Blue Jays history. I mean, he had one of the most exciting starts in Major League Baseball history. Those first 25 games were better than the first 25 games any baseball player ever in the history of the game have played. Do you know how crazy that is? Like, There's no way that he ever even comes close to what he was doing there, which would still make him a very good player, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if he's just scratching the surface of that start, he's going to be an everyday major league second baseman. So I am high on, on Davis Schneider. I think Babe has all the potential in the world. I think that he is a mentally tough kid who really does get the mental side of the game. Even when we had him uh, at baseball town, live in Toronto and he brought up the whole baseball's more luck than you give it credit for and it's really funny because I, I had a really good talk with Alan Rodon about this in that interview that we're releasing next week Alan Rodon of course one of the prospects in the Blue Jays system and I asked him about the luck thing and Alan is so smart the way he framed it he's like you know what hanging your hat on the luck thing does for you as a baseball player is Oh, we lost you, Scott. What a terrible time to lose you. Let's, uh... Oh, this you is can hear one. me, because I can hear you fine. I can hear so you I can hear now. you. Oh, you okay. can hear me now. Okay. So, what so, hanging your hat on luck does for you as a baseball player is... Okay, so what hanging your hat on luck does for you as a baseball player is it allows it to never be your fault. And he's like, what you can do is just keep plugging away at the monotony of training and doing things the right way and doing things the same way. And then when you're hot, it's not your fault. When you're cold, it's not your fault. Lady luck is just out there. And it kind of it, it lessens the, the blow when you're in a slump. And that's what baseball is, right? It's all about slumps. So it was just like really interesting to hear that take. So I guess with David Schneider, again, I'm more, more tempering my expectations. I'm high on Damiano Parmigiani because he's another dude who kind of came out of nowhere. And he's a Canadian kid with thump. And we need thump in that in that hot corner position. Thump. That's uh, I haven't heard 
Thump is a good word. Thump is a good word. Right? Yeah, it's like that Chumbawamba song, Tub Thumping. Um, I guess for me, the I think timing is a big part of wh- why maybe I it's I'm coming across as higher on Damiano Palmagiani than than David Schneider. David Schneider is like the right now option that we're, mm-hmm. we're having to discuss right like oh if matt chapman leaves could david schneider be the guy or you know like what are we is he the second baseman of this year whereas i don't think i've talked about palmagiani as our 2024 opening day third baseman no so as a prospect that hasn't worn off his shine yet, it, there's still like a, oh yeah, that's a down the road thing. You know, that's a, yeah, that's a future. Whereas, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm uncomfortable Schneider with the is- idea of being in a contending window, whatever you want to call it. And, and having, uh, kids, unproven kids. And I, I, I mean, as, as great as, Schneider's start was he's still unproven at the big league level until he's not. And I mean, you can say the same thing about Damiano Pomigiani. Until somebody fulfills their potential, they always have, like you said, Adam, that shine on them. So we've seen what David Schneider can do. And now we're also at the point where we're like, well, he can't do that all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it almost lessens the shine. Whereas like Damiano, we, we watch him go to the Arizona Fall League. Uh, hit more home runs than anyone there finished second in the home run derby just really look good so it's yeah. it's easy for the mind to like get imaginary and and really project him as like the next big star well when you're not a can't miss prospect like vlad jr or it's just harder to pencil you into the starting lineup and feel good about it you know like if yeah if the talk was like even a relvis martinez isn't a can't miss prospect like he's got crazy power but we don't know if he can hit major league pitching you know like no idea the uh, unearthly power is irrelevant with a batting average under 200. I'm sorry. It just is. Agreed. So there's like pitching prospects that we have as well, where it's like Ricky Tiedemann, I feel like is can't miss prospect. Like he is just that he is the, Mm -hmm. he is the blue chipper that is the future. And at some point we're going to have a conversation about, Boy, he had a sub two ERA in AAA last year. He is a starting pitcher for the Blue Jays next year. And you're going to be like, okay, yeah. if he's our number five, I feel okay about that. That's good. Like, I'm sure yeah. I feel confident he'll be he'll be decent. But if it's uh, anyone else, and we're talking about going into the season with like Yasver Zulueta as our number five, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing of like. He might be okay, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah. So that's the difference for me, I guess, is timing. 
Um, Love that question. Okay. Uh, Matt Finley says, hey, guys, mailbag question. With the recent rumors that it doesn't sound like Jansen and the Jays are close on a deal, let's play the hypothetical for a second. If Danny puts together a full healthy season and walks to free agency and we lose him, what do we do at catcher? The catcher marker market doesn't seem too appealing the next few years, and nobody in the Jays org comes to mind to fill a platoon role with Kirk. Cheers. Okay, so let's start with uh, something that you brought up before we hit record on this, Adam, and I'll just throw to you. But this all stems from the Scotty Mitchell show. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great podcast, by the way. Check out the Scotty Mitchell show. It's it's pretty new over the last couple months. Scotty Mitchell, TSN analyst, Blue Jays analyst, friend of the show. He's been on the walk-off a couple of times now and is very generous with his time. But let's start with when this aired. So, this aired on October 1st on Spotify. It was recorded in late September. Uh, The video of the interview with Jansen specifically, Jansen's still in a cast. So, if you remember, he Mm -hmm. fractured his thumb on the the odd foul ball uh, tip there that hit him in the hand. And the clip is basically this. Uh... Scotty Mitchell asks, is there a contract extension being discussed between you and the Blue Jays? And Danny says, I mean, we've talked about it, but both sides have kind of decided that for the time being, we're just going to play it out and see how things go. I don't know why a almost two-month-old interview is being reposted now as if it's new and Danny Jansen just said that this week. But that's what's happening. It's slow. It's, it's just so slow. slow. <laughs> Somebody just discovered the podcast. I, I don't know. I mean, we all the time get comments on YouTube or DM from like old episodes that we did six months ago. And they're like, yeah. you guys are crazy. Gabriel Moreno doesn't even play for the Blue Jays anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah, this is from 2021, buddy. Like, yeah. chill. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess two main takeaways for me is that, like, relax. This doesn't mean Danny Jansen isn't going to sign a contract extension with the Blue Jays. It means that in September, in the heat of a playoff race, they had other things to deal with. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I love Danny Jansen. I really do. I mean, we've been a pro Jansen podcast for uh, since he basically pulled himself out of that slump he was in in 2021 where we were like, can we just get off of Danny Jansen? Move the man. So he has completely rebounded in our books. We love Danny here. Uh, friend of the show. He's been on a couple times. We'll actually hit him up um, this week, maybe see if he can come back on the show. But Danny Jansen despite all the respect that I have for him and how much I think he really is an integral cog to this Blue Jays team, he's not irreplaceable. I don't think he's one of those guys that his price tag is going to be ridiculous. He's a dude you can go to maybe at the trade deadline next year and be like, hey, you into an extension? 
two years, 20 mil, something like that. You know, like he's probably a $10 million a year guy or somewhere in that range. We'll see. And you know what? If Danny Jansen has an incredible 2024. So imagine this. Danny Jansen stays healthy. He actually is behind the plate for 120 games. He's showing that other way power that he has and is forcing the Blue Jays hand into DHing him more than anyone had anticipated. He hits 25 to 30 bombs and is one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. Then we can reevaluate mm-hmm. where we're at. The other thing I do wish to mention, too, is it's possible the Blue Jays believe in Alejandro Kirk more than the fan base does. And they don't view him as a having a problematic body. They think that he can be the catcher over the next four years while he's under contract. And if that's the case and they feel he can handle the workload of 110, 120 games, there's plenty of catchers you can get with experience that are good at calling games and are maybe offensively a bit of a black hole, but can still do what a Martin Maldonado did in in Houston and be a real leader on the team. Uh, I'm with you. I'll say to the Kirk point, um, I've never been a big believer in Alejandro Kirk, and the body type that he is has concerned me. That being said, I was pleasantly surprised at how he handled the everyday workload increase in workload uh, this season. So that gives me reason to be optimistic. Um, I do want to also point out, found this old interview from October 1st and is sharing it as if it's new is Scott Mitchell himself. So (laughs) this was a, a tweet from four days ago from the Scott Mitchell show. Danny Jansen jumped on the SMS recently and the topic of a potential contract extension came up. Here's what the Blue Jays catcher had to say. And then links to an episode from seven weeks. This is like if we were to take, well, I mean, this is. It's a little uh, manipulative is what I'm saying. This is, this is a bit of a reach. It came up because you brought it up seven weeks ago. This changes everything. This changes letters. We should have just put that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good question though, Maddie. Good question. Uh, I'm not worried about Danny Jansen leaving. Even if this recent interview with uh, Danny Jansen was from yesterday, I'd still dismiss yeah, it there's as... there's still plenty of time. Well, and, and like, yeah, hey, Danny, hold on. We're pursuing Shohei Otani right now. Whatever money's left, we'll give to you. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would love point. that. I would love that meeting. Hey, Danny, we're pursuing Shohei Otani right now. Whatever money we have left is then going to go to Boba Shet. And then whatever <laughs> money is left after that is going to go to Vladdy. But any money after that, you and Kevin Biggio are going to need to <laughs> mud wrestle over it. <laughs> oh, and I just found our intro. That's great. <laughs> All right. Um, next one comes from Nolan, who messaged us on Twix and said, I have a fun question for you two. You are granted the rights to an expansion team, and you want the expansion franchise in Canada. Where are you placing your new franchise? FYI, MLB teams typically will be located in a city-slash-area with a population around 2 million at a minimum. I'm curious where you would place your new franchise. So, so I just Nolan- want to say... 
Great this question. Such a fun question. Yeah. Um, I googled on fandom.com slash wiki slash list of major league baseball teams by population. Um, Milwaukee, 1.5 million. Every other team, 2 million or more. Okay. I don't know how reliable this is. Like Cleveland is described as greater Cleveland. 2 million. I don't know if the population of Cleveland is actually 2 million. Cincinnati hyphen Northern Kentucky metropolitan area, 2.1 million. I don't know how much they're stretching these. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marlins, what's the population of Miami? Is it 5 million or is that the South Florida metropolitan area? I don't know. I just want to put that out there for anybody listening. Now, because this is a hypothetical situation that would never happen, where you and I are given a franchise and get to choose where it goes, I'm going off the book. If I am choosing where a new franchise is going in Canada, yes, everyone's like, is he picking Vancouver? Is he picking Montreal? No, I'm putting it right here in Calgary. 1.3 million people, the population, the population of Alberta is over 5 million the population of the Calgary and surrounding area within a one hour radius is well over 2 million people. Personally, hotbed of baseball. I love it. One of the top in the country with the Okotoke dogs here and the developmental system that has been uh, put into place around Southern Alberta. I'd say put it right here in Calgary, baby. That's what I want. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, that's that's a great answer. Uh, being in Edmonton, you'd think I would say Edmonton, but I would also pick Calgary because hey. nobody wants to play baseball in Edmonton. Uh, Chris Pronger <laughs> doesn't even want to play hockey in Edmonton. Oh, that's an old reference. Um, but I am going to choose Regina, Saskatchewan. Because if that's, if I know, look, 200,000 people, but if they can almost sell out a CFL stadium almost nine times a year, surely they can Why? carry the weight of 81 home games. So, Agreed. There you Saskatchewan go. loves baseball, by the way. Shout out to all of our Saskatchewan listeners right now because we get uh, we get messages from you folks all the time. So Sask Strong, love it. Love it. <laughs> um, although it would be more hilarious to have a team in Moose Jaw. For tax purposes. For tax purposes. Uh, what about Lloyd Minster? Right on the right on the border. Right then on the border. Both the Saskatchewan both and Alberta. the Alberta. Love it. Put it on Alberta time, though. Of course. All right. Um, except for playoffs, maybe we maybe we cheat a time zone to get a non-afternoon game. We can there manipulate you go. the time zones. Yeah, we'll manipulate it. We're okay. owners now. We're owners, baby. The podcast is taking off. Welcome to the new uh, 31st team in Major League Baseball, the Moose Jaw Walk-Offs. So, we did it. All right. Uh, last one to get to here, and then we're out. And then uh quick reset before Joel joins us to uh, talk stuff. Um, Jennifer J on Twitter says, hey, Scott and Adam, just wanted to say how much I love the podcast. I've been listening for about a year, and it's my favorite part of the week. You guys crack me up. Possible mailbag question. Why did you start the podcast? 
so Jennifer, thank you so much. We get uh, plenty of comments that are much more negative than this. So it is always nice to get a, a, a positive comment where people are enjoying the show. So we do appreciate the grounds crew. We appreciate everyone who has helped create this walk-off community. Yeah. So I guess if you're new to the show, the story of the podcast goes, Adam and I were on tour together as comedians March of 2020. Right, buddy? <laughs> Driving through Moose Jaw. Yep. Man, I will forever remember our Regina show. It was Wednesday, March something. And we are sitting in the bar. The show starts in 30 minutes and all the TVs are on above. And then all of a sudden it comes across the screen. The United States declares a state of emergency. Then the next story, Tom Hanks gets COVID. Literally into... The NBA is shutting down, and you and I are like, uh, can can somebody turn these TVs off? <laughs> We're going to go tell our little jokes in 20 minutes, and nobody, <laughs> the world's ending all around us. Like, we were it literally we played the show in some small town in Saskatchewan. I don't even remember where we were. It was the Saturday night, and the next day, like, everywhere had shut down. So we wound up like halfway through our tour calling it quits. But on that tour, that was the first time that you and I had really spent any time together. And of course, you go on tour with somebody for 10 days and you get much closer. And one of the things that Adam and I really bonded over was baseball and the Blue Jays. And I remember Adam even being like, have you ever thought about doing a baseball podcast, Scott? And I was like, I would never have time to do that. <laughs> Plus, I don't know anything about the behind the scenes stuff. And so we, I mean, it's funny because even at the time we were like, well, we'll probably go back out on the road in two weeks, right? It's just a quick two week closure. And we all know how that played out. So uh, I remember Adam reaching out to me in May and just being like, hey, if I do the back end stuff and I'm the producer, would you be into doing a baseball podcast while the world shut down? And that's kind of how it started. And I love too, because Adam, I remember you being like, hey, you're not. 90% of the talking Scott and I'm going to be 10%. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Brian Redbaum on, on, on Rogan, right? Like yeah. I'm, I, yeah. and uh, the podcast really took the next step once you were kind of a 50, 50 guy. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Yeah. Um, my rec recollection of how that whole week went, like after that Regina show and everything shut down, I mean, we still had five or six dates left on our tour yeah and we were starting to like kind of scramble we were starting to get like phone calls from the the venues being like yeah you guys still want to do this like we're not sure like we hadn't gone full lockdown yet but no. it was definitely like better like, grab some toilet paper while you can shut down and stuff like it was like yeah. weird shit was happening right yeah. like yeah so while driving across the prairies, you, me, and believe it or not, another Scott. Yes. Um, Scott Porteous. The worst, to... a worse Scott, a worse Scott. Where I'm going <laughs> right to say Shout out to Scott Porteous. <laughs> um, I just remember being like in a, this is a surreal moment. And <laughs> I was just surrounded by Scott Porteous would be in the back seat letting out a sigh every like 15 yeah. minutes, like, 
oh no of like somebody else has covid and yeah just like all these like super depressed reactions to not real news story oh my god selena gomez has symptoms you guys you know this sort of stuff (laughs) and then scott would be have his his phone going off with like real impact of like fuck i just had shows in april cancel on me now like scott was (laughs) just just scott was just like counting the money that was being lit on fire as uh he just (laughs) continued to lose gigs and i was so like sympathetic for it i was like oh man like scott's really we didn't know trudeau trudeau bucks were coming but we didn't know trudeau bucks were coming yet yeah but uh yeah it was quite the quite the experience um and look at us now buddy like it's so crazy that there's honestly there's no way this podcast would have happened without the pandemic there's just no way i don't think we would have well it forced everybody on to zoom too like everybody had to learn how to zoom right so it really made like our ability to interview prospects who are in dunedin and wherever i think can you imagine trying to get danny jansen and be like hey do you want to do an interview and by miraculous he's like sure sounds good and you're like okay so you need to download zoom and he's like what's zoom and it's crazy because everyone knows how to do it now. Everyone knows. Like, this was not the the case in 2019. No. Video calls, everyone was like, why do I want to look at somebody? <laughs> exactly. Anyways. So kinda, that's that. Kind of cool. Um, then the last kind of question kind of ties into this. Um, Deb on Patreon, who, by the way, her new profile on Patreon is her with a walk-off coffee mug. So there you go. Which is lovely. Yes. Lovely. Uh, so Deb got says, her merch. possible question for your next interview, which you did ask to oh, Alan Rodon. Alan Rodon. Thank you. Um, what made you choose baseball over other sports? And what would your second choice have been? P.S. No need to ask this question. If it doesn't fit in, I won't be upset. Very Canadian of you, Deb. Appreciate yeah. it. Scott did get to it. Uh, that is up on Patreon right now in early access. And we'll release it probably sometime next week. Um, but well, let's answer it for our own podcast. Why did we choose baseball and what would our second choice have been if we had have been forced to do a podcast together? Yeah. What would have our CFL team been, as you said, before we hit record? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing was, was just both you and I had such an interest towards it and, mm-hmm. um, I just am such a huge Blue Jays fan. It made a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, it's funny because I've really I, I I cooled on hockey a lot, and then uh, when I was in Halifax for the last two weeks with my buddy Neil, we were literally watching hockey almost every night. And the beautiful thing with the East Coast is that the Flames game started at eleven p.m., so I could do my I could do my shows and then still nice. get back to the hotel in time oh, good. to watch. So like I've I've really uh you know especially now that the Flames are only three points out of the playoffs and the terrible start they had is starting to come around and blah 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 you know like I'm a Flames fan so I guess it would be a Calgary Flames hockey podcast would yeah. be my other option my other choice but yeah I'm glad I, we're doing a Jays one buddy because like, you're an probably... NFL guy could you see doing as like a Steelers no. Just because I don't know know enough about any of it to really talk. Like, I never played football as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't have uh, any sort of a real passion for the inner workings. I guess it 
it is just already such a overserved niche as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um when we started this podcast there wasn't 11 Near other many blue clickbait yeah. podcasts out there. So yeah. um Yeah, I I don't know. I mean I mean I'm hearing trade rumors of Connor McDavid for Bobachette, but that's Cross sports trades almost never happen, so we'll see. <laughs> but it's something to put in the thumbnail, I suppose. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, this yeah, was I don't know. fun. This was, was a, this was a fun little a fun little topic. We'll end it here as we do have uh, to get going. But honestly, a big thank you to everyone who reached out. We do try and get to everyone's questions and comments. Listen, I know we're scratching the surface. Even now in the off season, we're probably only getting the five to ten percent of your questions and comments just keep trying that's all i can say we try and do the non-patreon ones as much as possible and spread it around uh if you are getting frustrated and you enjoy the product four bucks a month gets you guaranteed your question gets in every week so you can feel free to do that we do mlb mondays which is part of patreon and then all of our interviews and shows are instant access and you don't need to put up with uh our our clickbaity thumbnail uh, stuff that so many of you sometimes get frustrated with because in Patreon, this changes nothing. <laughs> this changes nothing. Uh, there you go. Okay. That is, uh, Thanks everybody. Cheers. We'll see you. We'll see you on uh, Friday. Thanks for listening to the walk off podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.